We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site. All right, we are gonna start with Forever Grateful, a review over on our iTunes account. It says, I am, I normally am not one to leave a review, but I can't go on listening any further without expressing my thanks. A friend shared your podcast with my husband a few months ago, and it has been a complete game changer for us. Before listening, I had never heard of betrayal trauma or specialized help, boundaries, etc. My jaw literally dropped in the first episode because for the first time I felt validated and more importantly, I felt hope. I have since listened to every episode and recently caught up. Within the short span of listening, my husband and I have sought out specialized help and have both begun the process of recovery. Thank you for being brave and putting yourself out there week after week. I am forever grateful. I will be a lifetime listener and forever fan. Thank you. Also, I have to tell you that I recently had our first baby and I have listened to your podcast so much that our baby calms down whenever he hears your voice, voices. (laughs) So not not only are you all legends in my book, you are also my go-to baby soother. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, whoever you are. I think it's your voice, Kobe. Just the calm, soothe of, the, of your voice. I'm sure that's what it is. Too bad that doesn't happen with my wife and kids. <laughs> yeah. This does not have the same effect with my family. Right. I, I really like, uh, you know, that the baby part really brought a smile to my face. Totally. But uh, that she's found hope. Uh, that That's why we set out to do this. And, and uh, I just want to reiterate, there is hope. And we can't say that enough. Yeah, totally. Um, there is hope. No matter what situation you're in, you can find healing. You can move forward. You can find peace. So for sure. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to just share just a quick update. So we got a dog for our girls for Christmas, and this took a lot of lobbying on my part uh, well, with the Ashlyn. girls and for Kobe. Yeah. Let's be honest. And and once we actually started like the journey of like okay let's get a dog, then it took uh, reluctance is not close to the measure of Ashlyn's resistance <laughs> to a dog. But I will say we've had him now for what, two weeks? Yes. Over two weeks now. And the one that <laughs> the one that the dog loves the most is for sure Ashlyn. Yeah. Like she went she put him on the bed to wake me up and then she left the room and he was like whining as I was like holding him in this real cozy like blanket. And uh, so anyways, it's really funny because Ashlyn's like, oh 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 Tico Tico, tico. And uh, anyways, so the funny thing is about this is um, two days ago, um, Tico doesn't, when Ashlyn and I are together, Tico doesn't come to me. He goes to Ashlyn. But we were sitting at the, at the island <laughs> and, uh, and Tico walks over to Ashlyn and she's like, hi, Tico. And she's on her phone working and Tico's right next to her and he pees. And then he just walks away real coolly. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of that happening in our house. <laughs> hey, mom, thinking of you. Pee. <laughs> And he just like moseys away. And then the cool part about that is, is that happened a second time <laughs> in like 10 minutes. 
We've been talking about our dogs peeing Bee. a lot in our episodes. It's a relative. It's a relative. <laughs> Don't get a dog, reality. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. She loves Tiku. She loves Tiku. It's really yeah, funny. He's grown on me. Yeah, whatever. She's like playing it cool, but she <laughs> yeah. legit. She gets up at like six thirty to like take him out. I get up with him in the middle of the night, but it's rad. She All right, him. let's get started. Okay, so um, I want to share a story to start and introduce the topic today. Okay. Um, I so I joined a Toastmasters club. Do you oh guys yeah, know what that is? I used yeah. to be in it. Oh totally. really? Yeah. Nice. You can't tell from the way I well, talk. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. Toastmasters so, helps yeah. you not say a lot of ums and likes. Right. So, which I do. So for those of you that don't know, a Toastmasters club is a, a club where you go and you practice public speaking, and so you get a chance to give speeches, and they rate you, and they give you they they give you critical feedback, they give you positive feedback. I mean, you got to have thick skin to, to go and do this, and but but you're practicing being able to speak. And so I gave my first speech, and I thought, man, I'm gonna kill it. And I I I did okay, but my speech was about failure, and oh. so I was Mr. Therapist Man, you know, <laughs> acting as if you know I'm perfectly fine with failure and blah blah blah. And I get up and I say, I, I introduce myself. I say, my name is Brandon Patrick, and I'm a failure. And then I go on and I give this speech. And afterwards, this guy comes up to me and he introduces himself. And he's a psychotherapist, PhD psychotherapist guy. He's like, I want to correct something that you said. (laughs) It's like, okay. He said, you're not a failure. Um, Don't believe that you're a failure. And I thought, he, he said, there's a difference between being a failure and failing. You, you can fail but you are not a failure. And I, I like that a lot. I mean, really, he's speaking, he's breaking down my spike narrative, looking at the shame of it. I don't become failure when I fail. Um, failure can actually be a really positive thing and a good thing when you fail, right? But it doesn't consume you. It doesn't become you. And so that's what we want to talk about today is with addiction, with betrayal, trauma, with the you know intense emotions that you have around these things, oftentimes it consumes you, the shame takes over, and you feel like you're just a failure. Um, when you relapse, when you fall into old behaviors that you're trying to overcome, you feel like you're just a failure. Mm-hmm. So do you guys want to speak to your experience with that? Oh, man, have I got experience with it. Uh, so I was... Um, I, I can remember the... I started, I was exposed to porn at seven, discovered masturbation about 13. And by the time I was in high school, I, I remember th- that was really the first time where I was like, I probably, yeah, this is probably like the last time I'm going to do that. I'm, that's the last time I'm going to masturbate. And it was like the late night TV or something like that because I didn't have access to porn at, at well, various times. And, um, and what began to happen was is the more that I would act out and then, f- and then I would say, yeah, I'm not going to do that again, or I don't want to do that again. Or I would feel pangs of, um, of guilt at um, church, or uh, that was primarily where I felt it. Um, then I would begin to say, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. And what began to happen is, is every time I would relapse, I would, I would begin to um, acknowledge those internally as failures. And so what happened was, is with every relapse, every time that I acted out, it was like, I failed. 
I failed. So there began to be this neural pathway in my head and this and this def the self definition of of failing over and over and over again that that perpetuated this this um, thought process of I'm a failure. Then then this is kind of like the <clears throat> the Spider Man uh, the the Dark Spider Spider Man. Right? I don't that, know Spider Man okay, very well. well um, it, it, what happened is is that failure the failure in acting out that I would have, right, that began to affect everything else in life and it began to spill over into everything else. For example, if I did really crappy on like a test, uh, I'm a failure and it's probably because I acted out, you know, this week or yesterday or this morning or whatever it is, last night. And I failed then in relapsing and so I, that's why I, I failed this test or I did really bad in this report or whatever the case is. And then that that grew from acad- outside of the world of academics into into sports, so that um, if I lost the game or if I missed a field goal, then it was it was because I was a failure, and it was like, and then God came into it, right? Where I was like, God is seeking vengeance on me. He is he's a God of wrath and a jealous God, and he is. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, serving justice to me because I'm a failure. Right. And so, so it began this, this idea and concept of failure began to, Ashley's looking at me with like this really quizzical face, like, wait, seriously? And I'm like, you're just talking a lot. Well, I'm just trying to describe <laughs> tell, tell how you're going. I'm just trying to describe, this is how it perpetuated in every aspect of my life. So anytime something bad happened, it went back to the original, it, it reinforced the, the idea for me that I was a failure because I had failed. And so anything that didn't go right was was reinforcing that well, whole thought process. When you start believing you're a failure, then what do you start creating in your life? Lots more of it. A lot, lot more. Way fa- more of it. Failure, right? Yeah. And I start finding it. Hence the idea of I found it in sports, I found it you in academics, find all of the I found evidence it in church. That you're a failure. Exactly. And I can't be good at anything. So of course I'm not gonna be able to fight this other thing. Totally. Right. So right. that that whole idea and concept is why failure for me. Um, and then I would either, and the way out of, out, out of failure, legit, was if I'm not failing, that means I have to be perfect. And so I'd begin to chase, this was, the, the pursuit of perfection was this gerbil wheel that Ugh. just kept going and going and going because if I wasn't perfect, that meant that I would fail, right? And so then I started to judge myself. And the truth is this, is that I would probably act up percentage-wise through adolescence. Um, in early years of our marriage, it was probably like, I don't know, 5% of the time. But I let that 5% of the time be the definition of the rest of me because I had this belief that I was a failure. So failure, failing is for me one of the most painful words it was. Um, and actually, that's not true. It's not was. It probably still is in, in a lot of ways. And I, and I am failure adverse. I'm okay with struggle and I welcome that. And I try to focus on progress because there's been such a huge definition of my life and everything else in it um, on failure. Like, like failures dominated um, my thought process in, in so many ways because right. of addiction. Right. And, and we wonder why addiction is the great thief of self So we were kind of, Kobe, you and I were kind of uh, talking back and forth about, you know, this topic. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, wait, we need to record this. <laughs> well, and, and I was saying... I, and, and I hear what you're saying, which is, I don't want to define 
anything as failure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to define it as that because that's what I did forever and I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. And it's progress, it's growth, it's moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. And and I was saying, well, why why not accept failure? Why, why not define it as failure but not have a problem with it? Um, look at failure and say, look, I'm failing. I failed at that, but that's okay. That's... It's the process of life. I, I've never met anybody who, who hasn't failed at something. Have you guys? No. No, right? <laughs> and, and, and if we don't fail, then we don't grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to define yourself as a failure is different than saying, oh, I failed at that. I, I, I didn't come through. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing to be able to take a look at as... Not not to just just put rose colored glasses on and say no everything's perfect and I never actually it's not it's you know I never make a mistake mm-hmm. no I do make a mistake but that's but that's perfect I accept that I do I accept that I fail mm-hmm. because as I fail I grow and as I as I grow I'll you know I'll I'll become better so mm-hmm. here's that difference that you're mentioning in the end of that is that when you were saying I I can't accept that. You are also not doing anything to get out of the fall, right? Staying stuck in the shame. And now Mm -hmm. you do have tools and a skill set to get out of those falls and Mm -hmm. those failures. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're seeing it the same. I think we are. I think we're seeing the same thing. We are. But what's happened is, though, is is my definition came from, (laughs) countless we'll call it, relapses that reaffirmed... excuse me, that I was a failure, but then that began to, again, then I began to see failures in everything else in life. And so, and so conceptually and in theory, I agree with what you're saying, but what I, but my pushback on it is, is my experience was, was very different. It's kind of like saying my self-worth needs to come from God because I'm his son and, and, and so forth. Well, well, the truth is, is that I, I didn't accept God as a loving God until I showed self-love and self-compassion for myself Right. And forgave myself, right. then that opened up a door um, to have a relationship with God. And so it's kind of the same thing in the sense that it's like, I still don't use that word failure. And I kind of use it as like, this is like the new F word, if you will, for me <laughs> in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, because it's like, I'm okay with saying, look, I totally fell, or I made a mistake here, or I messed up here. Because there probably still is, but, and that's but, but Cody, I'm MPR. hearing you say you don't use the word failure because it has such a connection to shame for you, uh-huh. right? Yeah, where like I fail as a dad, I failed last night as a dad, um, I fail as a husband, I fail as a therapist. I I I can say those things, uh-huh. I can own that, I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't define me totally, but our experience early in life with that is very different. And that's why you can say that doesn't define me. And right, I can right, cognitively but, but say what that. I'm tr- the, the ultimate point that I'm trying to get to is this, is that, is that don't, it, it's a shame screen to avoid it. It's a shame screen to say, okay. no, 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 I'm not doing it. Okay. Um, it's to, to be able to say, I am doing it and I own it, but it doesn't have power over me. That it doesn't have that shame. It doesn't define me anymore. I, I, I understand where you're coming from with it, uh-huh. right? But what you're saying is but the avoidance. You. The avoidance of the term. It still has power. Failure still has power over me, which I, which I totally agree with. In fact, just thinking this, I'm and, like, and, and I need EMDR on we could, on this. we could change the word. I mean, we could call it growth instead of failure. Mm-hmm. That 
that's fine. Mm-hmm. I gr- I grew last night as a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm growing as a therapist. Yeah. I'm, gr- I'm growing being as a stretched. husband. Right, whatever we want to call it, but mm-hmm. it's an acceptance of I'm not perfect and I'm in a process of growth in this life mm-hmm. and I'm going to make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and and that's a reality for all of us. Mm-hmm. And if we can't accept that reality, then we're going to stay stuck in the shame and we're going to try to be perfect. Um, and we're going to try to be enough, which we can't get to. Yeah. Um, right? No, I totally understand what you're saying. And I guess the, the only place that I would argue on this is, is not in disagreements, but I would, I would, I, my point would be this, that was what you're, what you're talking about is, is advanced recovery for me. Right. I can't, I can't project it on anybody else because it was, it's still obviously painful and it was early in recovery and, um, it's lost its pain because I probably substituted that word with growth or being stretched or falling forward. Which is good. You know what I mean? Right. And that's just what I needed in order to get to where I am right now. But your point is well taken. And I, if I'm adverse, if I'm avoiding that term, it's because I've given it a lot of power, which is shame. Fall, fall forward. Here's the F words for you. <laughs> fall forward. Fail fast. Mm-hmm. Right? All these, you know little little phrases that but but they're true so mm-hmm. fail fast why fail fast so you can learn so you can grow um fall forward so when you fall make sure y- I, I say to my guys who relapse i say get maximum return out of your relapse mm-hmm. um so what that means is let's look at it let's step right into it let's face it let's let's deal with where where you're sucking it up Mm-hmm. Like, but, but this is, this is really difficult for an addict to do because in that moment they're in, they're in the addiction cycle and the part of the cycle they're in is shame. Totally. And in that shame cycle, what the last thing they want to do is turn and look at where am I not strong? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the thing that kind of kills the shame is, is look, you're connected to me. You're connected to this group. We can talk openly about it. You're okay. You're still loved and you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so we can look at that mistake so you can grow from it going forward. Did you observe, Ashlyn, this cycle in me as an individual, as a dad of, is this news to you, I guess, hearing my context of failure? No, um, I think I saw it because we obviously, we did not talk about these things um, for years, for decades. And so I think I just saw it in the, cycle of I'm going full force. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Sorry. I hit the table. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do it hundred percent. And then when you do fall and fail, you give up. And that was the Kobe cycle. And so, um, we saw it in a lot of different areas of your life and it's, it's a, it's a kind of a hard topic in some areas still to talk about because of this cycle of failure. Right. And so, yeah, I saw it for sure. I got to share with you guys my New Year's resolution. <clears throat> One of them is to get up at 5.15 every day mm. and meditate and exercise before I go to work. How's it going? Uh, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> um, but so, so I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, hey, do I, do I really want to do this yeah. or not? Are you making yourself? Yeah. And, and, and I, I think I came to the conclusion that I do. Um, but in order, in order to really start and be motivated, I need to accept that I I failed in the start, you know, to get out of the starting line and get into this. Um, that's okay. It's not going to motivate me to think, 
you're, you're horrible because you failed mm-hmm. and you and you suck. But it's going to help me to say, okay, you do want this. Um, you're in that s- stage of change of preparation right now, and con- you're you're in contemplation a little bit. So let's move into some action. Um, that's okay. I am right where I am today. I failed this week to actually get into that. I'm not going to start it if I stay stuck in shame. I'll be unmotivated. Right? Right. Because mm. so, you, you don't see the end goal of like it actually happening. Yeah, because I'm just thinking how bad I suck and how I'm not going to actually do this and blah, right. blah, blah. That won't help me. And it's the same thing with addiction. It's How many times... Uh, you know, for our audience, I want them to think, how many times have you relapsed and you've thought, I'm never going to do that again. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that again. And then you find yourself doing it again. Yeah. For me, as the betrayed, it was the moments where I would lash out or Mm -hmm. I would go into old behaviors of name calling and bringing up the past or whatever and leave the room and literally say, what is wrong with me? Like, Right. I or I said I wasn't going to do that, and here I am. I'm, I'm doing, doing it, it again. Yeah. Right. So, so if 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 Spike comes in, takes over, and says you're just a failure, then you're more likely to do it again. But if self reflection comes in, and and you have the strength to look at your struggles, then you can say, oh, I I need to work on this, or I need to work on that, so that I can tweak this, so when I move forward, I have that growth. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Failure, I know we differ, Kobe. Failure is awesome. No, I think I, I, I think what we've just unearthed is my, um, the the power that sh- that the word failure still has on me. And and part of the thought that I have is 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 that improperly used in society. Um, I don't even know what the actual definition of failure is because, um, you know, it, it's it's like. It, so, so for instance, if I'm um, Tom Brady and I I am you know 34 of 48 in my passes on a, on a particular game, I don't have um, 14 failed passes. They call them incompletions, right? And and so I think there is a way to capture um, failure in in more accurate ways that show, that facilitate more self-love and self-compassion. And I would also argue that failure is too widely used and maybe even more of a generational term that has been used culturally um, to describe um, something. And... um, Anyways, I, I clearly I've got a lot of work to I, do. I like this. your Tom Brady analogy because there is a dialectic here or a, a balance here between, you know, we can we can notice all of the ways that we fail all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that can, some perfectionists actually accomplish a lot in their lives um, because they're trying so hard to, you know, never get an A minus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also don't want to go to the other side of it, which is like, I'm not going to strive for success because like, what's the point? And so, so, so there's a balance between I'm going to push it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my best, do my, the best that I possibly can. And then I'm going to accept where I, I, I'm deficient. I'm going to accept where I struggle. And that's where, I think that's where peace comes is accepting that we fail, but also being in our integrity 
and doing our best at whatever we're, we're setting out to do. Mm-hmm. So Super interesting. You know, I'm thinking I, uh, last year, this time of year, we set some habit goals and one of them was that I would love Kobe in his love languages. And it was embarrassing to me to think I have to set goals in order for me to mm-hmm. love him the way he wants to be loved. Um, so I did this for six months and it was this only I had 20% of the time I could fail oh, and I, I could accept okay. that. But okay. any more than that, like I had to start over because I had really failed at, at this okay. this goal that I was trying to reach. And it was interesting because I was talking to a friend oh, a month ago and my love language is, uh, well, Kobe's is, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> words of affirmation and physical touch. Mine are acts of service and time. So mine are a little more effort, y- mm-hmm. you know, to complete and to show me that you love me. And I hadn't really thought of that. And my friend the, a month ago said, you know, people who have words of affirmation and physical touch are the easiest to love. You can mm-hmm. just hug them and say, I love you. And they're like totally filled up. And I felt so much failure in what I had done that year because... She made it sound so simple. She's like, this is so easy, Ashlyn. How come you can't how do can this? You, how can you not do this? Yours right. is so hard. He has to work so much harder to love right, you. Right, and right. I was like, oh my gosh. Like something that I had thought I had done pretty good in. She just told me like. You suck. You right. suck. Right. How Shame is that trigger. hard? Boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it is because I'm. it's not easy for me, which sounds terrible, but it. Not it because I don't love him. But 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 it doesn't sound terrible because it's that's reality. Right. Right? That's that's something that you struggle with to show him that love language, right? Right. right. And that's not a horrible thing, Ashton. If you can recognize that and you can see it, mm-hmm. then you can actually start to shift it. But right. if but if you're like, No, 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 I'm a good enough wife and I do everything perfect, then you're not gonna work on that. Yeah. No, I've just been sitting in that like she's so right. Yeah. She's so right. Why am I making this so hard? Right. So it's been good. Interesting. That's awesome. I like that that story. So, um, other thoughts on this? Uh, Go fail, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Here's. I mean, it's a lot what Brandon's saying. But in our women's groups, when people, when the women check in and they say either they've relapsed um, or their spouse has relapsed, it can be a really emotional time and and really hard. And so it's, um, the job of the group. And for me as the facilitator to, to say, okay, let's learn from this and let's see some growth Yeah, because yeah, you can fall and you can fail, but as long as you are choosing to see something as a learning experience and grow from it, it's okay. That's where group and other people can really help is if you are shame resilient enough to look at your blemishes then they can reflect back to you like, oh, this is kind of what you're doing. And they, they can hold space and give you love while they're reflecting that back to you. And that's where good therapy happens because you're actually working on something um, and you're feeling love at the same time. So um, a group is awesome. Um, good support is awesome to talk about your failures, to work through your fail- failures with. Yeah. I mean, one girl, uh, you know, the holidays just passed. So it's lots of triggers happening during that time. And one of the girls said, if I had told this to a friend or a family, I don't think it would have happened. You know, 
the outcome would have been very different. There would have been a lot of judgment and like, you are so crazy. Why are you still with him? Right. And yet you can come to a group or find your support of women or men who can understand and validate and empathize and also speak truth to you. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's the benefit. Love it. I'd like to finish with a story if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, I, so last night, well, yesterday afternoon, one of my children like just went nuts and <laughs> she was yelling and everything. And so at dinner, we, we had a really good talk and we we're talking as a family we we're talking about it, You guys are going to laugh, but this is like such therapist thing to do. But <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about our emotions and how, how we're all different and how we express our emotions differently. And, and, um, sometimes what we do with them is, is really good. And sometimes what we do with them you know, causes some problems and consequences that we don't like. And it was a great talk and all the kids were engaged and they're like, and some of them were like, yeah, I do this with my emotions. And they were like playing it out and Aww, showing us. And I love it. Yeah. And so it was good. And then two hours later it was bedtime and I was getting my, my son out of the tub and he wouldn't get out of the tub and he wouldn't get out of the tub. And no matter how much I asked him or whatever I did, like he wouldn't get out and my emotions started amping up. And then I find myself just like, get out of the freaking tub now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and right after that, um, he's like looking at me like, whoa, Scared. what the heck dad? Like, yeah. Right after that, it hit me like, oh, I just did the very thing that I talked to them about working on. Right. And, and then the shame started kicking in like, well, you're a failure as a dad. Like you just, you just modeled to them the thing that you're trying to work with them on. But luckily I caught my shame and I realized, you know what? Like I failed. I, I made a mistake. I lost my cool. It, it wasn't effective what I did. Um, and then I talked to my wife about it and she held some space for me and it was actually really good for me, but it wasn't a great moment as a father. Right? So I'm grateful for failure. Um, I know I'm going to fail going forward. We all are. Um, and you know, I, you know what, Kobe, just for your sake, I'll say I'm grateful for growth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so. awesome. Okay. Go. So, um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk on our, on our deep dive for this episode. I'm going to talk about some of the specific, um, strategies, the mindful strategies that I've used to help me, um, deal with um, failing, in dealing with falling short, in dealing with how to mentally um, keep myself out of perfection or failure. And uh, there's some very specific things that I've done very habitually to, to, to get there. And um, we're going to talk about those on the deep dive. Yep. Awesome. And the deep dive for those who are maybe new are our bonus episodes that are private and available for our Patreon members. Yep. So thank you guys for being here. Awesome. See Appreciate ya. Appreciate it. See you guys.